What do you see when you look in the mirror? It's a question worth asking and we should talk it out. Let's go. Self-care isn't easy. It requires doing hard things. Being uncomfortable is mandatory. It's not for the weak and it's not for the fragile. But that's okay. We don't mind. Because we are weakless. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to A Moment of Weakless. This is episode number 37. And today I want to talk about what you see when you look in the mirror. And this isn't going to be a positivity podcast. I imagine if you've been hanging out from episode one that you know better than to expect that from me, that I'm not a positivity guy. I'm not going to cheerlead and blow a bunch of smoke. So we're not going to be talking about when you look in the mirror, do you see somebody you love? I don't care about any of that. What I do care about is logic and reason and things that actually make sense. And there's this interesting phenomenon that I have briefly mentioned on here before, and we're going to go into it a little bit more here, and you'll hear me mention it more in future episodes. But there are only a couple of kinds of people that come to anything in the self-help world, anything in self-help any kind of self-help book or course or program or retreat or weight loss plan or diet or exercise program. There are only a couple of different kinds of people. Two, specifically a couple. In other words, just two categories. And the first category, unfortunately, is enormous. It's massive, 90%, 95% in a lot of cases. And those are the people that are here to fix themselves. People like me who work in this industry will get our bills paid in large part by those people. And it's unfortunate because those people will not get long-term results almost ever. They'll come in and buy all the stuff and do all the programs and sometimes get some pretty amazing results, but they always creep back to the starting line. And the problem is that they think that they're broken and that they need to be fixed. And what they're doing is absolutely not self-care. They're not taking care of themselves. They're doing something that they could never do to a friend. They could never tell a friend, hey, let's work really hard together and change you. And once we change you, I won't think such terrible things about you. And you've heard me say this lots of times in this podcast, if you've been listening to this thing in order, which I hope you have been, and it's always been something like you have to stop trying to change yourself into something that you'll stop insulting. And of course, then there's the other group, and those are the people who just one day realize that there's this thing that they could do that would probably make their life better. And around here, it looks like self-care. They say, you know, I haven't been taking care of myself like I could be. And I think I'm going to start because I think it would dramatically improve the quality of my life. So I am just going to go start giving my body what it deserves to be healthy. And there aren't a lot of thoughts and there aren't a lot of emotions. They just go out and do things. And the two sides don't understand each other. The larger group will say, how did you do it? When that smaller group very quickly gets results And that smaller group doesn't understand what they mean. They think, what do you mean? How did I do it? I just did it. I did it like you clean out your garage or do your dishes or go to work every day. I just did it. 
But that's not really the question the first group is asking. The first group is actually asking, how did you make yourself stick to it? Because for them, it's like getting halfway through cleaning their garage and then going inside and crying and being really upset that they don't have a clean garage and they can't figure out why they can't make themselves stick to it. And they're constantly doing things to make things worse, like getting halfway through cleaning their garage and then deliberately messing the garage up really bad, maybe worse than it was before, and then almost immediately wishing they had a clean garage again. And the whole thing is just a big mess. And again, the two sides just aren't speaking the same language at all. So what's this got to do with what you see in the mirror? Well, those people who just easily go do these things because they are actually doing self-care. They don't think they're broken. They just are looking for opportunities to go make their lives better. They believe that they're already good enough. What does that mean when they look in the mirror? Well, when they look in the mirror, they see a bunch of stuff that they own, not a bunch of stuff that they are. In other words, they have body fat, like they have fingernails and they have hair. And even that they have arms and legs and eyes and chins and toes and knees, things that maybe aren't really mutable, but they own them nonetheless. And that other group will look in the mirror and see body fat as something that they are. Not something that they have, but it's something that they are. I am fat. And I'm not just talking about the semantics. Lots of people will give you that trite statement that... You shouldn't say that you are a fat person. You should say I'm overweight right now. Okay, fine. That's powerful, I guess. But it goes too much down that positivity path for me, and I just don't like it. What I prefer is that logic. And the person who looks in the mirror and sees body fat is something that they own, realizes that body fat can't be anything that could ever be attached to their identity. And the other group is mistakenly attaching it to their identity. They are saying that this is somehow what I am, which technically means they should not lose weight because if they do, they will vanish. Their weight is part of their identity and you can't lose part of your identity. You would, you would not be you anymore. You would somehow be something else or you would disappear altogether. And the philosophers have been arguing forever over what we are, what the self is. The Buddhists have been talking about it for 3000 years and I'm sure it goes back farther than that in philosophy. And many people smarter than me have been arguing over this stuff forever and never come to any real good conclusions about what exactly the self is. But we definitely know it's not things that we own. And it's certainly not things that you own that you can get rid of, like body fat or fingernails or hair. And it's not things like careers. You can say in the semantics, things like, I am a teacher, but if you quit your job, you don't cease to exist. So you're not actually a teacher. You are someone who teaches. And we could even say that about being a mother. You are not technically a mother. You are someone who is raising kids because God forbid something happens to your kids. You don't disappear. And so why is all of this important? Because I think it really does differentiate between those two types of people. If you are someone that looks in the mirror and you see things that make you feel bad emotionally about what you believe you are, I am bad because of what I see in the mirror, you're in a lot of trouble. The path that you're on does not lead to success because you are listening to this podcast right now because you have always been looking for things that would fix you, that would repair you. 
because you think that you are broken. And if you could change yourself, you would get to good enough. And that means that all of your goals are about trying to not suck. You're not pursuing anything amazing. You're not running at awesomeness. You're running away from suck. You're running away from bad. You're trying to not be bad anymore. And that means that every time you look at a self-care decision, like there's a cookie in front of you, you have to ask yourself, what do I hate more right now? Do I hate myself and my body more than I hate the idea of not eating cookies? And you weigh it out and you respond according to whatever your answer is to that question. And you ask that question every time you have a self-care decision in front of you. And you can test this really, really well by simply looking in the mirror and seeing how you feel. Are you that person who can look in the mirror and go, hey, that's more body fat than I'd like to have. I think I'll get rid of that. And you go about it the same way you just go grab the fingernail clippers and start clipping your nails. Sure, it's a longer process, but it's literally the same amount of emotion for you. Is that what you do? Probably not. You are probably in that much bigger group, which means you are probably associating those things with your identity. And you are probably trying to get out of suck and get to just okay. Not great, not awesome, not pursuing anything that you could sell to a friend. You could never say to a friend, hey, we should do all these really hard things. We should change the way we eat and we should change when we eat and we should change the way we move and then change the way we exercise and change the way we sleep. And your friend goes, why would we do that? And you answer with, so that we cannot suck. I mean, could you really sell that to a friend? Probably not. They're probably going to go, no, I'm good. Thanks. I mean, yeah, I don't necessarily love my body and maybe I don't even love myself, but uh, it's hard to get excited about not suck or at least hard to get excited and stay excited about that. That doesn't sound like sales copy that you could put on a website and sell this plan of yours. And it kind of has to. So if you are that person who looks in the mirror and you see a body that somehow reflects on what you are as a person, your value, you will be faced with a choice. Either get on the path that we've been talking about this whole time in every episode of this podcast that leads to actual self-care or continue to struggle forever as you start and stop repeatedly in your never-ending mission to try to fix yourself because you think you're somehow broken or that you're less valuable than other people because of a bunch of stuff that you own. I don't know that I will ever talk about another topic on this podcast that is more serious, more hardcore, and that needs to cut you to the bone more than this one. This one is essential to the entire process. It basically sums up my whole job. My job is to go through this whole process that leads from discomfort and into mindfulness and, and self-worth and all this stuff. It all is just one big process of me trying to get you to jump from one side of the fence to the other, to go from somebody who is trying to fix herself to somebody who is actually caring for herself because that's what she believes she honestly deserves. That's my entire job. Every day I get up and I work with people to try to get them to jump that fence. And it's really my only job. Everything else is just the minutia. It's just all the little steps that we need to take to do it. But I want to put this on your radar solidly today. And the way you can find out whether or not you need this, go strip down and stare in the mirror. 
Do you feel things? You feel emotional things? Do you feel guilt and remorse for letting yourself get this way? Do you feel like you're a bad person for looking like that? That perspective right there will crush all your hopes and dreams when it comes to you and your body, your relationship with your body, your health, your ability to live with vitality. I'm telling you right now, there is only one way out, and it's to jump that fence. And again, we've been talking about how to jump that fence this entire time in this podcast. But now I have taken you all the way down to the foundation and giving you hopefully a level of understanding that will show you exactly who succeeds and who does not. And let's get you on that path to jumping that fence. You got to start at the beginning though, which means changing your relationship with discomfort. So if you've been paying attention, you're already doing some work on that front. And of course, you can speed that whole process along by grabbing the Discomfort Zone workshop and taking the fast track, getting access to the weekless challenge, and really moving this along quickly. And of course, you can get the Discomfort Zone workshop at the link in the show notes, or you can go to beweekless.com. Either way, you'll be able to grab it, get started, get all this information, get into the weekless challenge, and start blowing this thing up. But in the meantime, I want you to be thinking real hard about which side of that fence you're on. And be real honest with yourself about that. Because if you're in that bigger group, I'm telling you that path leads nowhere. Go give this some real thought and we'll talk soon. Take care.